Do you want to hear about my sciatica? <laughs> Do you want to hear about my rash? I don't even know what a sciatica is. I don't know. It's something something in your back and your leg. I don't know. Some nerve thing. Doesn't oh, okay. sciatic is like your ass? Yeah. Welcome, everyone, to May We Geek Again, um, a little podcast where we talk about sci-fi and post-apocalyptic dystopian something-somethings, um, <laughs> TV shows uh, with sort of a philosophy, ethics, polit- political uh, slant on them. Um, this is episode 53, and we are covering The Expanse, season three, episodes three through four. And before you continue, um, this is going to contain spoilers for the whole of season three. Um, so just be be aware that if you're listening, like we're, we might talk about stuff that that will happen. Um, my guest this today is episode four, 54. Is it? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> 53 was last week. Oh, yeah, well, that's 54. This is on brand. Um, Cool. So this apologies, listeners. If you, if um, this is your first time. Well, actually, uh, the intro of our pod. Um, I am joined today by my awesome, always cool co-host, Shaheen. Hey, guys. And our lovely special guest, Bubs. Hey. Um, if you found us, you are probably listening to us through iTunes or SoundCloud, but both of those are available. You can also come yell at us on Twitter. Um, someday I'll log back into our Facebook account and actually reply to people. So, uh, yeah, Twitter is basically the best place to yell at us. So you can also send us an email at maywegeekagain at gmail.com. Um, yeah, today we're going to be talking about, uh, episode three of season three, Assured Destruction, directed by Thor, uh, Freudenthal, uh, and written by Dan Nowark, uh, and episode four called Reload, directed also by Thor, and then, uh, written by Robin Vaith, Vaith. Um, how are you guys doing today? Good. Yeah? Yeah. I'm how's doing all right. Everyone? I'm sober again. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Sober shining here. Sober Shaheen. All right. Well, yeah. With, well, you'll um, make up. I'm like two drinks deep because I just came back from lunch. So, <laughs> <laughs> and and you're with you're with family, right? This is yes. the third one. So you can't have sober, sober. No, 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 no. Mimosas. Yeah, <laughs> I value my sanity. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to soften the edges a little. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So everyone had a good Thanksgiving and is full of food. Hopefully, some leftovers. Maybe some pie. I'm um, sore because I was made to hike yesterday. Oh. Yeah. You were made to hike? Well, it was like, oh, you know Someone those people who are vaguely hike. related to us who live nearby? Um, we're going to go to their house and then we're going to hike to a fire tower and then we are going to climb the fire tower and then we will have lunch. And I was like, uh, <laughs> how far is this? And they're like, a mile and a half. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like I used to walk like one point seven miles to work. Yeah, you in live Manhattan. in New York. You're fine. Yeah, but, but then was I, there a hill? Well, yes, it Ooh. was uphill. Obviously, one way. Um, and there was multitudes of snow on the ground. There's also like a creek that ran through the path. So several times, like I almost like like stepped into the creek. I was wearing running shoes while everyone else had like legit hiking boots on, <laughs> and. And then the fire tower came. Everyone went up, including this, like, little girl. And I was, like, trying to, like, you know, be nice to little girls. Like, oh, hey, how was it? Was the view beautiful? Like, was it scary? And she's like, oh, my God, it was so scary. And I was like, oh, she's just saying that because she's a little girl. 
Anyways, I go up there knowing that I'm afraid of heights, but I'm like, well, everyone else was fine. Like, why wouldn't I be fine? Um, it's a lot of people are afraid of heights. Anyways, I get halfway up and I'm like shaking. <laughs> a, because I'm like freezing my butt off at that point, but also B, because like it was scary as shit. It was like made out, it looked like it was made out of like chicken wire. Um, oh, fuck that. And I. <laughs> Nobody wants to die after Thanksgiving. Uh, and then there's the only reason I think I made it to the top was because there's people that were not part of our giant group behind me waiting to go up because you can only have so many at a time at the top. I think I, at first I thought it was because like the weight thing, which like freaked me out, but it was actually just because there's not that much space at the top. Um, but did, like, so did you drag bonsai? Did, or no, did you, like, I'm not no. dealing with this bullshit. I would, ha- I would have had to carry him like the whole way. <laughs> That's been, bonsai? I like that you're, what? Is he with you? Yeah, he's he's sleeping next to me. So so far so good on this. But he was drinking like hot cocoa by the chalet. Um, oh yeah, he was. While he you went he on napped the whole hike. time. <laughs> he doesn't I mean, like to hump other people's stuff. Um, I, I think that he is okay with it <laughs> more so than other people. <laughs> <laughs> he's fine humping other people's things. Yes, yes. Nice. Um, <laughs> do you have any adventurous stories that you'd like to share, Shaheen? Uh. No, other than we went to a Chinese restaurant. I had Chinese leftover. And that's it. I mean, depending on the Chinese restaurant, it can be adventurous. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, I have no exciting Thanksgiving stories apart from the fact that I am still quite full. And um, dinner tonight is going to be uh, cheese and crackers left over from the cheese board that I brought. So enjoy. Did you have turkey? (laughs) Did you have turkey? Uh, yeah, we did. We actually went to some family friend's parents' place. And so, like, they, like, smoked a turkey and smoked a brisket and blah, blah, blah. And we were there, of course, as buffers for the family shit show. Um, <laughs> Jewish Thanksgiving. Uh, well, no, we were the only – well, I, me and my mom, I think, were the only, were the only Jews. That, it's, a, it's a secular holiday, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but brisket, I mean. I mean, it's secular, but also, like, kind of fucked up. <laughs> it's, like, it's a twofer. <laughs> yeah. It's a two for holiday. Um, let's Ooh. let's uh, let's just start talking about the expanse because otherwise that's I'm just what we came to do. Again. I think that's what we came to do: <laughs> kick ass, drink wine. Well, you drink wine, but oh wait, what are you drinking, Bob's? I'm so sorry, I'm forgetting myself. Um, it is called Euphony. Sorry, it's in cursive, um, which apparently I can't read that well. I can't read um, cursive for shit. <laughs> Euphony, and it is. A, I think it's from Trader Joe's. I found it, it in the fridge. It's is my it a dad's wine beer. or a beer? It is Wait, a beer. Trader Joe's has alcohol. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I, well, mean, I, I live in Pennsylvania, I so I don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Stupid blue laws. Uh, I got carded buying brandy beans at Trader Joe's the other day. The what? The brandy beans. It's like uh, chocolate filled with oh, brandy. Right, right, right. You know, so you get carded for that because. <laughs> you could ever eat enough of those to get fucked up before you vomit everywhere. Oh um, my god! Or shit everywhere. Too far. Maybe both. Again, maybe yeah. both. Maybe Too both. Far. Get a jump start on that New Year's resolution of weight loss. <laughs> um, all right, we're terrible people. Let's get started. Yes. So, as I said, we were going to be covering episode. Uh, uh, oh God, I didn't even do this run sheet right. It's episode three hundred three. Yeah. Oh, I'm uh, so glad you noticed that by yourself. Although. I- I was ready to point it out. No, I, I appreciate that. You can well actually me all, <laughs> all you want. Um, but let's get over to just sort of overall takes of these of these two episodes. Um, yeah. Uh, Bubs, you you liked it? I did. 
I I really like the first two, and I think these were a really solid continuation. And actually, I think I think I'm um, and this happens that I like it more the second time around because especially with these complex shows, like you miss so much. Yeah. So when you watch it again, it's like you can kind of like relax more that you know like what's going on. So I thought like really great tempo. Um, there's so many great character moments and like humor wrapped into like the complex yeah, politics. Totally. So I really I really enjoyed them. Like the Christian, like the stuff with Christian and Bobby and oh. just everyone, everyone on the Rossi just being sassy <laughs> oh, was like a delight. <laughs> um, so what about you, Shaheen? You you actually had a lot more to say about your I, overall feels. That's interesting. Cause, yeah, because I have kind of the opposite reaction. Oh, I, no. uh, <laughs> I, I kind of got disappointed on rewatch um, a little bit. I mean, on, on first watch, you are, you're dazzled by the amazing world building and the incredible um uh, special effects and everything mm-hmm. um and the zero g rocks which i'm going to talk about that later <laughs> but um <laughs> but then you know on on rewatch i feel like uh it's not it's not as complex as i would hope um like you know with the with a story like this with so many characters and factions and you know uh, this massive world that they created. Um, mm-hmm. It has a lot of potential for, you know, um, characters m- changing their motives along the way or changing their mm-hmm. alliances or um, just like different courses of events um, joining and causing consequences that no one expected. And, you know, just like misunderstanding or miscommunication happening, all sorts of things that... Um, could have happened but it's pretty straightforward like all the characters Mm -hmm. keep doing the same thing the whole time and there is no like complicated um you know chain of events that results in uh, a crazy outcome that no one was Mm -hmm. uh, aiming at or whatever you know Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't know it's just i don't feel like um the potential has been realized yeah. This whole season or just like so far? Uh I think in general, yeah. Um, Interesting. Okay. Well, I mean we'll 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 for sure come back to it, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. um you know, as we as we move through the season or whatever, because it's interesting yeah. that we get a very large mid-season time jump. Um I mean we get one a little example of that with uh Naomi uh giving the um proto molecule to OPA and whatever, and that that was uh, you know an example of where sort of um things got complicated and like alliances <clears throat> someone has like simultaneously has multiple alliances and they they um conflict and whatever uh or they they don't they switch sides or whatever but that's pretty much the only case and even that wasn't really milked as much as <laughs> i thought it could have been um i also kind of lost track of everyone's motives like I'm not really sure what everyone's trying to do at this point. What is Mao mm-hmm. trying to achieve? What is Aaron Wright trying to achieve? What is Esteban trying to achieve? I don't know <laughs> I anymore. It just seems like they keep doing what they were doing before. Everyone's terrible. Any reason. <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like I kind of have a handle on some of them. Like, I think for Mao, 
he's like an entrepreneur. He's a scientist, you know, he's kind of like an Elon Musk. That's kind of like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And so in terms, and we kind of see that a little bit in the end of the um, 304 mm-hmm. is he is about the science. He is about like the discovery, like, his heart got a little squishy for a second, and then, um, and then the kid like pulled actually pulled out a squishy heart, and he was like, "You know what? Science." Well, but like at the same time, I thought that was great because I was also kind of like, "Okay, but also science." <laughs> like it was like interesting, like and and you see him like putting the pieces together, and it's just like um, you get like the exhilaration that comes from like those kind of discoveries, and I think that's what like his motive is, and I think the hardest one for me is Aaron, right? Because the political stuff is probably the part that's like hardest for me to grasp. Um, and so for him, I think it's just like he has kind of a um, what's the word? Um, I'm trying to like describe like the British Empire where he wants like to continue like to increase um, the power at his fingers. So that means like making Mars bow to them. That means making sure the belt stays like um, subservient to the UN's uh, motives. Um, That means like stamping Fred, whose last name I cannot remember right now, down. Um, Fred Johnson? What? Fred Johnson? Yes. Yes. So... I think that's so. So you like, think he has imperialistic ambitions? That's so. the word. Um, <laughs> I think so. I think that he he's driven by leaving his mark, and that's like how he sees leaving his mark is mm-hmm. by, you know, it's in his own like fucked up way, like uniting everybody by making them bow down to his Wait, like mission. Aaron Aaron Wright or or um, Secretary General Aaron Wright. Yeah. I okay, but I be, but I feel like Aaron Wright enjoys being like the puppeteer. Um, oh, he loves it. Yes, but like <laughs> I think it's like how he rationalizes it to himself is like his fucked up. Or, but but like also now that I'm like saying that he also just had like was it just also business plans with Mal? Like what was the deal with that? He doesn't seem to care too much about the belt. Um, no. Oh no, not like at he all. Mostly wants to subdue Mars for some reason. Well, because they or are the only. Mars. Well, Mars is like the the only um, real threat to the UN. Basically, they're the only ones that could maybe fight back, and that's he hates that. Mm. I, think. I mean, we we can we can definitely you know get get into into this sort of uh, stuff like right now, really, if we want to. Yeah. I feel like uh the Aaron Wright and Anna sort of uh power struggle pissing contest and and uh Secretary General um Esteban fuck whatever his last name is. Um yeah, just his last name is unpronounceable. Right he's, he's a fucking idiot. Like painful idiot. Uh, um, moron. But like right, does he like, not remind you of like so many politicians right now? Oh my God. Like it's just like he's a moron. Um, but, you know, Anna clearly sort of um, didn't know how much she would have to sort of make sure, have constant vigilance in her influence of him because mm-hmm. Aaron Wright was right there to, you know, smarm his way up. Um, yeah. But, you know, she did, he, Aaron Wright did convince him to to launch the preemptive attack and it was her sort of you know, nudging, nudging him into not doing it, that he hesitated and did the stand down order, which at that point, I'm kind of wondering, did nobody know that like a power cycle of that could cause that issue? 
I also sat there and I was like, people need to, would totally know, like the yeah, basically that like if you shut it down and start it back up, like you're gonna have to like run a buggy power cycle or something yeah. like that. To me, was just you know, like a whoever reset. built that system did a bad job quality testing it. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, like let's let's kind of talk about that a little bit. You know, was the first strike was it just not necessarily justified, but like you know. There was hesitation and two million people died. Is it better that he hesitated? Is it, you know, not? Like, where, where, break, break it down for me, Shaheen. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I thought it, uh, it was interesting. I, I like that um, irony that mm-hmm. um, if, he had, if he had been hawkish from the beginning, it would have actually resulted in less casualties. The fact that he got a little dovish for a second and then got hawkish, it turns out that's worse than either. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, I kind of, uh, for me, it kind of is muddied by the fact that everything is driven by how stupid Esteban is. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and like, I feel like, you know, it, Esteban, it's not unusual t- to see a character being swayed one way or another. No, but he's a I mean, fucking this, this... idiot. He just stands there, like, with his dumb face, just, like... <laughs> Waiting for looking. someone to, like, prophetize their vision to him. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I should I should be, you know, remembered fondly because I am, you know, a great statesman. You're like, no. I'm a great idiot. man. <laughs> I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> like, just mediocre white dude. Anyway, I mean, like, sorry. You know, like, on, on The Hundred, for example, like, you, there are scenes where... You know, Clark talks to one person, decides to do one thing, and then she talks to Bellamy and decides to do another thing, you know, or Lexa or whatever, right? They get convinced different ways, mm-hmm. but you don't feel like Clark is an idiot or Lexa is an idiot. And I think it's because the arguments are good. Like, the, both sides are giving good arguments. Sometimes. <laughs> in this case, I feel like the, arg- the, the problem is not that Esteban changes his mind a lot. It's just that... Uh, the arguments that they use to change his mind are just n- not good arguments. Not good. Like, they're like, not persuasive. <laughs> like, when Aaron Wright convinced him to go ahead with the strike, I had to rewind and, and actually listen again to see what his argument was. Because <laughs> I felt like he said nothing new. He just he was just like, no, we should do it. And then Esso was like, okay, then do it. Well, was mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? And then when I listened, the only argument he gave was... Um, that Earth can become another Eros. And so I was like, Except he okay. was behind Eros. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing. <laughs> is that like he's arguing, but he doesn't actually, it, like if you remove him from the equation, two million people definitely did not need to die because he set up this standoff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, none, so, of this, none of this would have happened yeah. if he wasn't. Like there would be well, no war between Earth and Mars, right? Yeah. And like... Like, at one point, you know, the Esteban asks, you know, what are the casualties going to be? And one of the, like, you know, lady soldier high-ups, whatever, um, was about to answer. And Aaron Wright cut her off and talked over, you know, talked over the whole thing to try to convince him, um, you know, to go ahead with it. But, like, 
is is Esteban like an idiot who gets distracted easily or did he only need to like make a show of asking so you know he quote unquote did his due diligence but like didn't actually give a shit what the answer was like neither is good either you're an idiot who gets distracted and like doesn't stick to your sort of like counsel of being like I need this information ooh something shiny Aaron Wright said something or he yeah. didn't actually care in the first place in which case he is also shitty I think he was just so susceptible to his ego being stroked. Like, Aaron Wright feeding him, like, you could be the person who does this. Like, it was all about ego. Like, it was all like, yes, he could be this, like, historical figure, like, in the UN history that, like, saved Earth. <laughs> um, and so I, I think, like, it's like once you hear something like that, like, it, you, you're kind of going to – the data that you get, you're going to form it around – that goal like that's what he wants to believe now that he can be the man that like saved earth um but that hinges on him doing xyz um and it, it's super shitty and it's like that's i think the problem even today in politics is how much ego is involved in the people who run for office and why they run for office and uh, that passion and energy that wins them office basically and so you end up with people who are are there for themselves, even if they think they're there for a cause. But it's all about, like, how they fit into that cause and not so much about how they can affect the lives around them. <laughs> I think that that's something interesting, though, that we'll see later on um, with sort of the belter approach to things. Um, mm -hmm. Because they definitely have a more um, – there's hierarchy, but there's still – glory for one person is glory for the whole belt. If yeah. that makes sense. Like the way that they sort of sell drummer is, you know, her success is for all of, uh, you know, for all mm -hmm. belters. And that's sort of how, you know, I, I kind of appreciate that, that sort of, yeah, I don't know, dis distribution of, of cool. Yeah. Well, it's um, kind of like, um, oh yeah. What's the word? I thought I had it. Never mind. <laughs> uh, but I know what you mean. It's, it's not about yeah. There's a lot less like ego involved. It's more individual, a collectivistic society. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I'm trying to think. We 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 got a lot of really good, you know, like you guys were saying, character moments. Uh, you know, on the Rossi, for example. Um, you know, we got a little bit of Amos backstory. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize. Like, do, do we want to talk any more about how Esteban is an idiot? I think uh, we covered it. <laughs> I was gonna say I um, Esteban's motives are also unclear, but <laughs> I I think I agree with Bob's theory that the the best theory seems to be that he is just interested in self promotion. Um, but I still don't understand the wavering because both sides of the argument are appealing to his ego and his mm -hmm. um, his motive to self promote. It's just a matter of which one is a better way to promote yourself. Mm -hmm. um, or which happened last. <laughs> it's like the sheep guess, from Animal yeah. Farm. <laughs> well, that's the definition of gullible is like whoever talks to you last is the person that, that convinced you. Yeah. yeah. God damn it, Esteban. Yeah, I, I think that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Esteban's an idiot. Check, check. Um, cool. Oh, so, one more thing. Uh, one, sorry. What's sorry. that? Uh, one more thing. Is is it technically <laughs> is it technically a preemptive strike? Because there's a, they're already engaged in war. So if you're already at war with some uh, entity, aren't you allowed to destroy any of their bases? That's not preemptive. 
I I think it was that like maybe maybe given the scale of it, like they went to like a next level sort of like all of their war stuff had been sort of like, you know, defined as sort of like skirmishes maybe. And mm-hmm. like when you actually sort of blow shit the fuck up, um, you mm. know, and like. Effectively- it sounded like a pretty heavy war because they, um, Aaron Wright said that we had a five to one advantage and now it's three to one. It seems like they lost like 40% of their fleet. <laughs> Which. What was the thing? Because they were going through the graveyard of ships, ships, um, as they call not shitty space crew was. <laughs> so, um, oh, I was, I like, do I just not remember what happened? <laughs> Sorry, what happened with what? No, so yeah, they lost a bunch of um ships, but like I can't remember how. This is like me having a brain fart on this show, like um. <laughs> How like, Earth lost their ships? N- yeah, because that's what you're saying, right? They had the advantage and they waited and then something happened. I thought it was just war. Like, they just... They were destroyed. Stop. <laughs> oh, bonsai. <laughs> well, no, but so... Um, later in the in 304, when um, Not Shitty Space Crew is going through and like they're trying to get more ammunition for their ship. Um, and that's like a... A destroyed marsh, a bunch of Martian ships that have been destroyed. When did that? Mm-hmm. Like, what part? We should probably delete this part from our podcast. But <laughs> when did that happen? What? What like skirmish was that? Am I like completely forgetting? I don't think we saw it. It's just war between. between yeah, Earth I think we're and just Mars. supposed to like know that it's been happening. Oh, okay. Like that got was it, part of it. like our. So they've already been going back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, we're I'm not like, seeing all the conflicts. There's conflict, ongoing conflict all the time. Is my everything's terrible all the time. Okay, I thought that they had just like, because it was when Avasalarala, um was taken on that ship that things escalated and it was seen as like something treasonous, but like nothing had happened at that point. Um, And then I don't, I'm blanking on like between then and now there being like actual skirmishes like i didn't think anyone had actually pulled the trigger yet until like this this thing but clearly i'm i'm just like i think yeah, we're just no, supposed to like accept been... that like there were skirmishes at the end of last season and we're we're supposed to know that they've been continuing okay okay yeah, yeah, I, think, I guess uh, there's they're fighting as we as they speak like they're when they're debating should we do the preemptive strike and stuff there is war going on i mean uh, esteban says it's one thing to be fighting, uh, you know, out in space. It's another thing to fight right here near the near Earth's surface. Mm-hmm. Got it. So they're already fighting out in space somewhere. Okay. Well, sorry, ap- with apologies to our listeners. <laughs> we don't know what we're talking about, but we will move along. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about sort of we got some really great character moments uh, on the Rossi. Um, sort of, you know, a little bit about Amos uh, talking about Baltimore with uh, with Prax. Mm-hmm. Um, we got, you know, Christian and Na- and Christian and Naomi hanging out and sassing and oh my god, Christian's power move when like they were like, well, we're not going to get along, and then and then and then Christian just sits there and sips her fucking tea, like she doesn't <laughs> even leave the kitchen. It was so good. Sorry, Galley, oh my, my bad. Um, we got uh, you know some stuff with Holden. You know, like we just got good character work 
Um, were there any like standout moments for you guys that like you were pleased that they included? Uh, so many. Can I just say, I <laughs> full yeah. disclosure, I lived in Baltimore for two years. Okay. And <laughs> it seems like it's only gotten worse in the past <laughs> 200 years. <laughs> Do you find um, this surprising? <laughs> I mean, I would have hoped that it, it would improve over time, but it seems like it just got shittier and shittier. Because, um, like, yeah, I mean, it was normal to get mugged on the way to school and stuff. Um, but oh. so, yeah, but now it, Amos says, like, the only way to get out of it is to die. I'm like, dude, <laughs> what the fuck is going on in baltimore <laughs> well and you know if we if we if we wanted to tie in the hundred to this you know we had shaw who was also from baltimore and who was also you know saying that stuff was pretty shitty then too so you know maybe it's just baltimore baltimore shaw's from baltimore yeah wasn't he who's shaw again <laughs> uh raven's you know one true side love piece. apparently or should i say raven is shaw's side piece now yeah, oh my god, I'm still mad. Oh, um, oh he said he when did he say it was from Baltimore? Oh, okay, I think I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember him talking about San Francisco. I could have sworn he was talking about Baltimore too. I mean, it could have been Baltimore because I could be totally wrong. Listeners, attention. you feel free to correct me. I'm full of shit. <laughs> I Why don't we know what like... we're talking about today? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's holiday brain, I swear. I've had like way too much turkey and sweet potatoes and god knows what like i just all of my brain power is on digesting (laughs) okay that's fair Uh, you know with apologies to our listeners um i would i would also say that amos uh talking about walking in pumps yes is like one of my favorite moments of this entire fucking show because he just drops these like Oh, by the way, I grew up in a brothel. Oh, by the way, I faked my own death. BT dubs, I know about walking in pumps. And I'm like, I need more. I need a web series. Like, I need, like, little 10-minute episodes of just, like, tell me more about Amos. He's, like, he's such a great character. And and it's just, like, he doesn't lose. Well, I do have complaints about, like, the, um, and I said them before, the portrayal of, like, sociopathy. Because it it always, it, it seems like he's not a sociopath at all. I mean, he does have, like, a lot of empathy. Um, but in the sense that he's still a tough guy, like, I love how that goes back to that when he's like, um, okay, so we'll shoot the scientists and nuke the rest when he's speaking about Io. And then he looks at her and he's like, oh, all right, speaking for me, like, that's what I would do. Um, but like to him, it's like, it's a clear path. Like, we'll just do that. No big deal. I don't, and that's the thing. I don't think that he's a sociopath. I think that he just doesn't. Just stuff doesn't phase him in the same way. And I don't think that there's anything malicious about it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, he seemed he could pass for a sociopath in season one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, sociopathy could also have degrees. I mean, it he is, we're supposed to think that he's the kind of person who um, was neglected and abused. And so he doesn't really have a lot of empathy mm-hmm. for other people. Um, and, uh, yeah, but, but it's, yeah, he's not, he's, yeah, I agree. He's not a sociopath, which makes the stuff that he did in season one even worse. Um, he, <laughs> he seems like, <laughs> but I feel um, like his feels are actually hurt. Like Naomi's betrayal. Like he seemed a little sad about that. Yeah. I mean, he, he does, yeah. he doesn't have a very clear moral compass and he doesn't have a lot of respect for life in general um 
I so, thought it was very yeah. interesting that he sort of needs, he actually is, for as lone wolfy as he pretends to be, mm-hmm. he does need a buddy. Like, he immediately sort of glommed on and is now buddies with Prax, and mm-hmm. we're going to get into that a little bit more. And so I think despite himself and despite his sort of, like, meh, I don't need anyone, and I don't think that he necessarily does, but I think the low-key, he kind of likes having friends. Yeah. Even though he might never admit it. You could also pass as a narcissist. Is one of the symptoms of narcissism is that um, a s- smaller um, number of emotions and also like it, having less emotions, both in type and in intensity. Um, it's hard because I would I think that Trump is a narcissist. It's hard for me to attribute that <laughs> kind like, of don't don't put that on Amos. We love personality Amos. disorder on Amos because like I think he's he's like awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I think it's it's it, the way that I'm like trying to rationalize that I think is that based on like story hints, um, his brand of sociopathy is artificial or manufactured. Um, and so it could be that like he, um, he's aware of it, so he doesn't want to fall into that. So that's why he grabs on to people that he kind of trusts to to kind of um, what's the word? Um, co- compensate for it. So like he's aware of it. It's not that he's like cold hearted. It's just he, that like if he's, if he's not. Up. Penchant to help him with his deficiencies, like he's aware of them. Yeah. What are your guys' so feelings on Prax this is, in that um, role? Then, sorry, from oh. from Psychology Today, <laughs> it says that uh, those described as sociopaths may appear disturbed, but can also show signs of caring, sincerity, and trustworthiness. Huh. In fact, they are manipulative, often lie, lack empathy, and have a weak conscience that allows them to act recklessly or aggressively even when they know their behavior is wrong. So, yeah, they they can show signs of caring and trustworthiness. Hmm. Hmm. So And sociopath is not technically is not like in the DSM the the only the closest thing is antisocial personality disorder. Sociopath is not a technical term in psychology. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, let's just well actually everything. <laughs> um what do you, let's let's talk a little bit about um about Prax then for a sec because his sort of he kind of went from a character that I kind of almost just pictured would be a red shirt in season two and now mm-hmm. he is you know uh, Amos's best buddy. best buddy and the reason that they're going to go to IO and yeah yeah I, you know I, yeah I, I don't I it don't was know how... weird that he opted to go to IO yeah kind um. of dark maybe like what do you mean i I mean like the fact that at first he didn't want to go and then he did want to go and he kind of like everything was about his daughter Uh um and then but it was almost kind of like he wanted schrodinger's daughter yeah like he wanted (laughs) her to be there but he didn't want proof that she wasn't there or was because as long as he doesn't what's the bigger evil yeah yeah um I guess there's not much. As long really. as he doesn't know, he can assume that she's alive. Yeah. And I guess there's yeah. not actually much more to say about that, except he will never fucking learn to put the tools away and lock them up. Um, <laughs> like Amos casually just, you know, picking up a, a, you know, 
a pneumatic, you know, nail gun or whatever out of out of the air. Speaking so, of which, uh, can I gush over the <laughs> special effects real quick? Yeah. Like, this is amazing. I have no idea how they do this. Where Amos, Amos walks up and obviously he is stick, stuck to the ground. So, uh-huh. um, but I mean, we're supposed to think it's magnetic shoes. But then the drill is just floating. And then he grabs it. And it's in his hand. I don't know. Is it was it like CG before he grabbed it, and then it's a real drill? Maybe. I don't know what, but it, but it was amazing. Like I don't know how they do it. And then <laughs> the, the people floating. Uh, I have yeah, no idea the, how they the, do this stuff. The scene um, when drummer gets on the Navu uh, with yeah. the team. Like we'll definitely talk about that because that was yeah. unbelievably cool, and yeah. it will be the source of our '90s movie reference. Um, <laughs> So, um, I- no, to give a testament to like how great the the special effects were, I didn't even notice all of those things. Like I just like accepted it. Like oh, they're in space. That makes sense. Like it, yeah. that's how it's working. <laughs> <laughs> I believed <Yeah>. it. <laughs> space science. I feel like the only thing that kind of doesn't make sense, quote unquote, is like, and maybe this is why everyone on the Rossi has short hair. But theoretically, wouldn't yeah. your hair be floating? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm willing to. I actually have. I have a will actually about that. So they- oh. <laughs> Yeah. Do you want to do it now, or or do you want to save it? Uh, I can do. It. You want me to do it now? Yeah. I mean, you know, might as well. I mean, I I was a little, <laughs> I'm a little confused about the whole gravity thing because, um, so sometimes they have magnetic shoes, but mm-hmm. sometimes it seems like there's genuine gravity on the ship because like they like they they're moving. They put well. They put like their bags or whatever on the ground, and they they're eating. And there's water in their cups and it's not floating around. Um, and so it seems like there's gravity, which means the, the ship is accelerating. You can create gravity mm-hmm. by accelerating the ship. Um, but that doesn't make sense because they keep saying we're running on fumes. If you're running on fumes, you fumes, you turn off the engine and just let the ship move at uniform velocity. Um, mm-hmm. You know, inertia will keep, keep it moving forever. Um, you only need to accelerate if you know if you need to increase your speed or you want to create gravity. So was anyone injured on board? What do you? What do there you were mean? those like, Martians. I, well, because then they would oh, the that would give them a issue? reason, yeah, to keep mm-hmm. going is to let the them heal. I mean, maybe, but that's, that's even something that we point. don't learn about until later. Yeah, um, in the season that like the Navu but technically has it'd be a reason gravity. they just didn't me- mention. True. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? Yeah, that's, that that's a really good point. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's thank a you. theory. Let's let's quickly talk a little bit about um, stuff that's happening on uh, Io, and then also stuff that is happening on the Agatha King, uh, mm-hmm. which is AKA uh, alternate Killjoys cast universe, um, <laughs> and an alternate Killjoys cast universe when they pick up those uh, junior junior. Uh, Martians um, who are also from Killjoys. Basically, everyone on the Expanse. It's oh my actually... god, is that is that what that girl's from? Yeah, Wait. she's from Killjoys. Oh my god, and the boy. Oh my god, I know they were they were together on Killjoys, and now they're you know salty and sort of together on. Is the it the Expanse. same world? <laughs> it, right, it could be. Like I am also, you know, what if the hundred is part of that world too? Like I have a lot of questions. Um, or actually, a uh, girlfriend was suggesting as when we were watching Colony earlier today that possibly Colony is part of the same same universe. So really, who knows? Who is to say? Um, who knows? 
but yeah, um, on Io we have uh, Mao, um, you know, and and the crazy mad scientists, and they're experimenting on children, mm-hmm. and they're going to merge them with with the proto molecule DNA. And then there was sort of this uh, Mao had this sort of change of heart, um, you know, where he went from only science to maybe we'll take care of the kids. But it was a very similar discussion with the evil scientist doctor um, that the that Aaron Wright had with the Secretary General, except that Mao like isn't a fucking idiot. Um, and the doctor was actually not as smart and and conniving as as Aaron Wright. Did you guys like pick up on sort of those parallels? Crickets. That's interesting. No, I... yeah, that's interesting. I don't think so. That you're I did saying either. Mao is Esteban, and the the guy in the white coat is Aaron. Is Wright? Aaron Wright? Yeah, like because they were both kind of having because because the doctor the the mad scientist doctor also was talking with Mao about you know his legacy and you know. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff uh, yeah. that they were working towards, except Mao was like, fuck you. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but the doctor guy seems to just want, he he, he doesn't mind if it's him or he yeah. just wants someone he's, to do this. <laughs> his intentions are, excuse me for saying this, but more pure. <laughs> <laughs> Murdering it's it's like about the science. Pure. Pure. <laughs> uh, uh, versus- quick question. Why does he have to wear a white coat? Right, like scientist. How else are you going to know that he's scienting stuff? (laughs) And you know, all the rest of the staff are wearing scrubs. You know, even though it's probably kind of cold. Um, in you know, because it's cold to heat. It it uses up a lot of energy to heat. You know, a place. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like they would be wearing more clothes. But again, what the fuck do I know about anything? (laughs) I don't know about shit. Um, all right. Well, I guess there's not much more to talk well, about. Well, we can, that. are we going to talk about the, the scientist guy and yeah. all of that? Yeah. Do it. I mean, were you going to, I don't know what, what you're wrangling, so you told me. Oh, no, that's, let's talk about it. What do you, what do you got to say? Because, I mean, Bob's has this note about science versus, um, morality or <laughs> progress versus morality. Um, so I thought that would be interesting to think about. Yeah. Bubs. Yeah. Um, progress, morality. Where's I, I the mean, line? It, it, <laughs> that's I actually. Oh, I I did write that down. I was like, actually, I wrote that in my note, but I'm like, I'm like, oh, I, I added them to these notes. Okay. Um, it is interesting because if we look throughout history, there have been a lot of casualties in the name of progressing, technologically speaking. Um, Can you give examples? Uh, I think like the industrial revolution, um, I believe there are a lot of casualties in, in getting there. I mean, all everything like, uh, um, unintended, right? Unintended consequences. Yes. Unintended. I guess that's, that is a good, a good thing to point out. Um, cause these were not necessarily, I mean, these were not unintended, nor were they intentionally. It was just sort of cost of doing business. Yeah. Um, in terms of sacrificing children. Like, would they have preferred not to kill kids to, to get there? Sure, of course. But, you know. Yeah. Um, Got to crack a few eggs. It, it It's kind of just like, so their point of entry was children with a, a rare immunodeficiency virus. Um, and I guess, like, 
But I guess, like, the question would be, like, is that really the only thing they can do? Like, I'd want to know, like, everything they explored and every and, like, why exactly that specifically is the only thing that they could do. Um, and I'm not and, like this. No matter how I say this, it's going to make it sound like I am pro torturing children. But, like, I think it's more that listen, I, people listen to this podcast. The number of times <laughs> we've talked about killing and torturing children mm-hmm. as like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Um, I guess it's just like I, I the, like I said before, like I kind of when Mal's like, oh, like it's just like I'm like, oh, <laughs> um, it does. I feel the pool so hard. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just like I'd want to more, know more information because like you'd want to exhaust every other avenue before this is the avenue that you felt you needed to go down. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, this is. um this is analogous to that version of the trolley problem where you have to. Damn it! <laughs> I love when you bring it up. I love trolley it. Trolley problem. I actually hate trolley problems. I wish that we could all drink, just, like at this point, just you know. Um, so yeah, but I keep talking about it. So this is analogous to um, that version of the problem where you have to shove the guy mm-hmm. on the tra- on the rails. So just to as a just to remind everyone. Um, so the original trolley problem is there are two tracks and there are five people on one track and one person on the other track and there's a trolley coming down the track that has five people on it and you have a switch, you have a choice to uh, change the tracks and, and have one person die mm-hmm. instead of five. And most people, I believe, would say that it's, it's, mo- it's a moral choice to switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people would prefer to switch. Mm-hmm. Um, although maybe some people would think that um, if you really think that killing is very different from letting die, then maybe not. But I think most people would are most people's intuitions are yes, switch. Mm-hmm. Um, now imagine a, a slightly different version where there is no switch. Let's say there's just one track with five people on it, mm-hmm. um, but there's this fat guy. <laughs> let's call him Fat Joe. <laughs> Um, on the hey, side of the tracks. What's this J O E, Joe? Mm, so, mm. so you know, no relation. <laughs> so yeah, and and so you're there, and let's say you're not fat enough to stop the trolley, um, but Fat Joe is there. So you have a choice to shove him on the track, and he'll definitely die, but he'll stop the trolley and save the five people. Um, shove or not shove? I don't know. Like, is he an asshole too? Like, what is what is what is you know Chubby Joe bring bring to the world? I guess would be my you know my question. Like, uh, if he's that just matters it, to you, it does actually. I think I think yeah. it does. You know, and we got into this you know with the hundred as far as like Abby goes. You know, you don't mm-hmm. fucking get rid of your doctors. Like, I would say I would need to know more about the people. Does I that guess, matter to you in the original trolley problem? The value of those humans? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, if, if it was like Einstein on one side and five like pedestrians on the other side, I guess that's like, <laughs> I would, I would you know, divert the train to hit the pedestrians. Wow. You guys don't think that all humans are equal. <laughs> I think that all humans are like at infancy. We don't know their potential, but I think by the time they kind of, you know, reach maturity and have started their, you know, adult lives that they have, you know, that there's a certain amount of for better or worse, uh, selection that has happened. 
But yeah. it's, you guys are j- judging this by like intelligence, no, which no, 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 no. is mostly okay, inherited. Let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> so it's more, it's not that, like, say there was like some like famous actor on one side and then five, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hit the five people to save the actor, even if he was like Brad Pitt. Um, Young Brad Pitt or old Brad Pitt, though? Either. Because, like, I, I think it goes, the reason why I'd save Einstein is because I think that he gives back to the amount larger than five people. So it's like his impact on the world is greater than those five people. So it's mm-hmm. not it's not so much that, like, it's because I value his intelligence, but I value what he can do for people on the world. You value his life more than the other ones. <laughs> yes, but for reasons. <laughs> okay, but either and way, let's put that person. aside because that's a common factor in both examples. The the mm-hmm. qu- So you can say that in both uh, versions of the problem. Um, mm-hmm. The important part, the interesting part is to focus on what is different between them. So do you, so first of all, in the original one, um, Switch or not switch? Switch. Joe. Uh, wait. What was the what was the original proposition? Uh, just the original trolley problem with five people on one track, one person on the other. Who do you, you can kill? switch? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you do take out the one. Well, I mean, I don't know. The world is overpopulated right now, so actually, I would probably <laughs> if I'm being honest. I'm like, well. Okay, um, so now the the different the second version. With the fat Joe, um, uh, shove or not shove, <sighs> and leave out the element of like actual. Is like, he an important person or whatever? Is. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because yeah, now you're bringing into a thing where like I don't know the amount of resources that Fat Joe takes versus the five. You know, like if the five is you know some really old tiny bird people who barely eat anything man this is hard this is hard in <laughs> no no just let's say they're equal change. people for don't bring that element to it. the point is to compare the two cases okay so whatever I, you I mean, say shove, in this it. case if it applies to the other case too then that's not a that's not a relevant mm. issue okay so if you if you think that who the people are matters well that matters in both cases so that's not a difference maker we're looking at what is different between the two cases and whether your judgment is different because of the difference in the two cases. Uh, so let's I, say keep everything else constant. The only difference. So Fat Joe's in the first example, Fat Joe's on the one track. In the second example, he's on the side of the track. So it's the same people. Mm-hmm. But the difference is in one case you switch, in one case you shove him. Is, uh, is, is your I mean, intuition different about like, the second one or is it the yes, same view? It is different because you have to get your hands dirty. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Like, you actually have to be a murderer instead of a kind of like, well, like, I would hope coming. I could, yeah, I would hope I could do it because I still think it's the right thing to do, but it would be harder by proximity. See, what that's very interesting, Bobs, because, because you say that you care about intentions and when judging an action morally. But mm-hmm. ev- usually arguments that you make on the podcast are consequentialist arguments. And what do you mean? <laughs> usually you, you opt for the option that at the end of the day brings about the greatest amount of uh, happiness for the greatest number of people. 
And you don't care if it's achieved through uh, supposedly evil means. So you can you can attribute two sets of um, intentions in each case, right? So like one intention is the consequence, the outcome that you want to bring about is part of your intention, mm-hmm. right? So and I think that's why um, when you and I talk about this, Bubs, you always say they're not separate. Intentions and consequences are not separate because I intend to bring about a certain consequence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also the, your your more immediate intention, which in the two cases is different, right? So in the in the original trolley problem, you don't intend to kill the guy. Um, it just so happens that he'll die as a byproduct <laughs> of, of what you're doing. Whereas in the second case, you do intend to kill the guy. I, I see both as like the same thing, though. It's just your semantics. Is it? <laughs> me it is. Well, so here's one way to put it. In the second case... The person dying is necessary for you, the outcome that you're aiming at. Whereas in the set, in the first case, even if no one was there, you'd still have switched. Um, him dying is yeah, not. But is it the is it different? Like is it, is me running him over with a car different from me pushing him in front of a car? Yeah, I'm saying it's different in that in in one case, it's it's a necessary component of of what you want to do. Whereas in the other case, it's, it's a byproduct. So in the case of Fat Joe, you have it's necessary that he dies for, for this to come about. Otherwise, it won't happen. Whereas in the first case, it's just bad luck. Like he just happens to be there and you don't, you don't care if he dies or not. It's not part of your plan. You're not intending for him to die. It just so happens as a byproduct of what you're doing. Um, but I'm still choosing his, like, I'm still choosing between their lives. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, is why it's not different. That's why I say you're a consequentialist, not not an intentionalist. <laughs> you should have your own BuzzFeed quiz, Shaheen, about, like, what type of philosophy. Oh I God, think, yeah, so but, like, I think Bubs like- always says that she's an uh, intentionalist, but she's actually at heart a consequentialist. <laughs> well, I kind of want it to be, like, both pick, like, you just have people, like, pick trolley problems, like, their answers to it, but also <laughs> kittens. Like, in addition to the trolley problem, also, like, which kitten would you choose out of this pile? And then from there, you can sort of assign them you know some sort of yeah. grand morality and philosophy <laughs> um yeah this is called the doctrine of double effect so the doctrine of double effect is that it's permissible to cause harm um to bring about a greater good um as a side effect it's it's permissible to cause harm as a side effect to bring about greater good but it's not permissible to cause the harm as a necessary element of your action to bring about the same good. So how does that fall into, like, can we apply that to the Aaron Wright? Um, uh, yeah. So that's what thing? I was saying about the, well, about um, the scientist guy, right? Okay. So that's where, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where all this came from. So um, if you think about what he's doing, it, it's more like the second version. It's more like Fat Joe, right? It's necessary for what he's doing that these kids are tortured and, and murdered. If, if they don't mm-hmm. die, he can't achieve the goal that he tries to achieve. So if it, you could argue that um, he is aiming at a greater good, but it's 
it's of the kind that you find in the second version. So the doctrine of double effect would say that that's immoral because it's not like he's trying to, you know, achieve progress and knowledge, but it just so happens that some people die as a result of it. You know, like when you do, for example, you do um, drug testing, right? Um, you do like trials on new a new drug. Mm-hmm. Um, it could kill some people. Um, because <laughs> but it you might. still you don't know what the effects of the drug are exactly. I mean, you test it on animals or rats or whatever, but it might have a different effect on humans. But it's okay if even if you know that happens because you didn't intend for that to happen. That was the side effect of it. Um, whereas if you knew that the drug is going to kill some people and still tested it, then that would be of the second kind. So the doctrine of double effect would say that's not okay. Um, Another version of a more sort of dramatic version, which is more similar to the scientist guy, is instead of the trolley, imagine that you have five patients who need five organs, and you have one healthy person who can, whose organs are compatible with these five people. Um, and so, so the question is, would you kill this person and take his organs and give it to the other five in order to save them? In terms of consequences, it's the same. You save five people versus one right but it seems i mean i think i don't know what bob's intuitions are or what your intuitions are joe but it it well, seems immoral i feel like to if someone is ill why are we keeping <laughs> sorry what I, no damn it this gets into eugenics <laughs> uh, <laughs> just i just i guess i'm just like a terrible person but like i wouldn't do that because that doesn't seem like scientifically like viable to like why are we killing one healthy person to... Well, if you give them the organs, Sorry. then they will be healthy, let's say. After the well, operation... But what led to their be... organs failing in the first place? And do we want to keep that in the gene pool? <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> See, the, all of these things, the, the considerations that you're raising, they're all consequence-based. They're not related to your always intentions. always go bubs from trolley problem to eugenics. Every time. <laughs> It's my default, I guess. Like, <laughs> wow, who am I? <laughs> I think that, like, in terms of this science dude doing stuff, um, I think that you also have to look at sort of they're not doing uh, they're not doing uh, this science um, for sort of altruistic purposes. It's not like they're doing the science to like help the human race. Yeah. They're doing it to make a bioweapon. Um, which I think yeah. I yeah. think that and, yeah. if we're talking about intentional, um, you know, moralistic something something, then, you know, this one is kind of a little bit shadier because you're killing kids to make a weapon out of a kid that can kill a lot of fucking people. And so Yeah, I mean he says that his aim is to control the proto molecule or, or communicate with it or learn about it um yeah and yeah i, I, I i'm not sure to that's a good point there's something that. about them trying to make hybrids but they're not making hybrids out of these kids um right that's the whole point is that if you give it to someone who a normal person they will become hybrid mm-hmm. but if you give it to someone with this uh, immune deficiency they won't be, turn into a hybrid. It'll just stay in their body. Um, and so, yeah, he says that his aim is to learn about the protomolecule. But, yeah, it's it's a 
it's sort of tenuous. It's sort of, um, you know, it's not clear at all that, that this will result in, in a greater good. So that's another problem with it that makes it far worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, counterpoint, though, and this is something that we talked about before we started recording or something that I railed against. These kids, and I'm with apologies to these child actors, but like, <laughs> not great. Not not my favorite part of the show. It's cringy to me. I didn't. Re- I mean, like, mm. the so acting is cringy. Right? At this point, I was actually kind of pro child murder, um, <laughs> just to sort of wrap it up. Um, so I don't just really know where that actors. gets in terms of intentionalism versus consequentialism. Um, but <laughs> pro child murder. No, it's just you being a horrible person. <laughs> Great. I would like you in your next uh, dissertation or published work to have a footnote about, but some people are just horrible. <laughs> well, um, I don't work on ethics. So like me. Despite what you might think. My dissertation <laughs> is not about ethics. Um, all right. Are you guys ready to maybe move on to the next sure. episode? Yeah. Yes. Um, all right. So yeah. after... You know, all of that garbage. Um, the beginning of five of four, sort of, we we get to see Drummer again. She is the best. And uh, with their cool, like, little rocket shit to, like, turn the Naboo around. Um, when they, like, went... It, did anyone else get this sort of vibe? Like, when they were kind of... Um, kind of floating through these sort of like stairwells or some sort, like, you know, in zero G, like it kind of reminded me a lot of the way that it looked. And like, all you saw was like stuff on the walls based on their like headlights. And it totally reminded me Mm -hmm. of like in, in Titanic when they were like going around the old shipwreck with just this like little, like, you know, submarine thing drone. Um, And you could only see kind of what was in the beam in front of you. And so, you know, you had like these creepy reminders of sort of humanity in this in this um like you know corpse of of a vessel um so you know we saw like these paintings on a wall that i'm guessing i don't know maybe it was like noah's ark or some shit uh on the nevu um so there was no naked lady there was no naked lady wait no no (laughs) this is the wait this is the ldss yes yes yeah no that was like the they had like prairie murals of like guys oh right because with joseph is a weirdo yeah, what is that about? Is yeah, well, because Utah? it's like the Wild West, I guess. <laughs> the picture um, of Utah or something. <laughs> but it, it, I think it, it totally was. reminded me of, of of Titanic, which is for everyone our nineties yeah. movie reference of the day. That's a good. But yeah, that was a really great scene cool again, si- special effects wise. Uh, the floating of them, like there, it was amazing. Yeah, I have did no you, idea. How did did you have anything exciting else you wanted to say about it, Shaheen? No, just that I, I'm really curious how they do that. Um, I mean, the disappointing answer is that it's all CG, but <laughs> but I, maybe they have something <laughs> fancier. I mean, you can create, like, there are these rooms where like there's, like, um, air, you know, coming from the ground, like, pushing you up, and it kind of simulates uh, zero-G. But I don't, I don't think that's what they're doing, because it's not easy to... Oh no, they're they're not doing the parabolic flights. I don't think that would be really expensive. Um, mm. I would guess that they do some really sort of amazing, like yeah, probably like wire work, maybe. And then um, I wouldn't be surprised if they. I think it's a green screen superimposed. Yeah, but like if it's just people floating. It that could just be yeah. They're just like suspended, and then they green green screen it. But when the, yeah. the the creepy ones are the ones where it's mixed, where it's like someone is not floating and then some some object is floating or 
when another person is floating and then they grab them. Yeah. I don't know how they do that. Well, and that they we'll we'll see a lot of that towards um the end of this season when um everyone sort of gets mm-hmm. injured uh when when they're inside the ring and the ship stops and mm-hmm. like uh Anna is wandering around like this, you know, trying to find I can't remember who, but um and like there's like a body like floating on the wall and she kind of wakes up from like basically a concussion and just she's walking but everyone else there are like dead bodies floating. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know, it's super cool, yeah, um, and terrifying. Yeah, the end. Um, Shaheen, you said that you <laughs> yeah. didn't. Oh, well, sorry, we're moving ahead. Oh wait, yeah. I had a I had a thing about oh, the yes, mural. Please. Um, so yeah, so for the mural, when um when drummer comes in and sees the mural, there's like this moment where she like sneers at it, and because it was like that provincial like guys on horses with their cowboy hats. I was like, oh, she's sneering at the patriarchy because, you know, like Mormons have like several wives, et cetera, et cetera. Drummer wants several wives. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. (laughs) Yeah, she does. (laughs) So, um, but then I remembered that actually she hates everyone on earth. (laughs) And it was more that. And I was like, oh, right. It's not, it's not deeper than what I was thinking. I mean. But it was like a cute little moment where she just like made this like. She's so good at looking like like she just smelled someone's right word. Yes, I mean, this, yes, exactly. isn't that how she always looks? I feel like drummer just always yes. looks like she hates you. Re- <laughs> but she was extra squinty resting for a someone else's fart face. It was great. <laughs> um, so we we kind of just got that they got the ship, and then we sort of cut ahead to um, uh, the Rossi crew stripping um, this old this this Martian vessel that they thought was empty, but mm-hmm. it turns out that it's full of kids from Killjoys. Um, and so then they, you know, they rescue them. Um, but Shaheen, what are you, you said that you don't get the whole stripping the dead thing. Yeah. It seemed like people had a lot of, uh, objections to that. And I don't understand why. Right. We, we are the wrong people to talk about that because (laughs) obviously we were like, well, why aren't you eating them too? Um, I mean, this is a normal thing, especially (laughs) in war. Like if you go somewhere and like your battalion is all dead, you pick up their guns. Yeah, and you take their like yeah. if you're like you take shoes if you need them. Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, like I don't see what. And also, how much better would that lasagna taste? Well, I know, right? <laughs> like, come on now, that's some good. Put some of that in that red cobbler. What was it? Red, red what? <laughs> Not cobbler. Honestly, I kind of just hope that it was flaming hot Cheetos. Like, <laughs> like that's kind of what I imagine the Belters to eat. She was like, "It's spicy." I'm like, "Yeah, flaming hot Cheetos." Oh my god. Um, Gunny's face when she eats yes. it. <laughs> she she is a delight. Um, oh my god, I Christian love her so in much. the Martian suit. Shaheen said was smoking. I'm guessing hot, smoking hot. Um, yeah, I see. like that. Uh, I will say, and this there weren't as too many like moral things that I was really able to come up with on this, but like finally, you guys know how like I bitch about fight scenes. Finally, when um. Holden choked out the the mutinous little Martian. Um, it was an actual, like, it was a real choke, like, legitimate. He did a good mm-hmm. job. He didn't let him get away. He didn't, like, you know, immediately let him go, and the dude would just wake up. So, yay. Hooray. <laughs> um, yeah. Bobby and her de-escalation. The hardest part of this game is figuring out who the, en- who the enemy really is, and I feel like that is sort of, um, oh, so sort of the thesis of this season. 
Um, because yeah. we start out with all Earthers mostly thinking that other, not all Earthers, excuse me, all humans thinking that other humans from different places are the enemy um, because they don't have all of the information that a select few has regarding the protomolecule. But then once the ring shows up, then we kind of learn that, you know, humans need to be chill with one another, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that's what I liked about the introduction of this little group. Um, because it's, you know, we're so comfortable with these other characters that even when they were in different places, we loved them and we were so excited for them to be in the same place that it was easy to gloss over like the, um, the divisions between them basically. So it was important to have like this new group we know nothing about kind of go through the same, um, what is the orientation (laughs) basically to kind of figure out like, and I think I read that too, like what the thesis of the show is, um. So, yeah, yeah. I, I like normally I, I don't like these like new pipsqueak characters, <laughs> but I thought that that was like important to get back to. And they didn't stay too long. So it's OK. <laughs> but it's like important to get back to like what what is this all about? Yeah, it's th- the way these all these people who are would otherwise be fighting um, in, you know, for their own factions against each other. The way they come together mm-hmm. uh, in one ship and they, they get along is interesting. It's kind of like. D individuation <laughs> like when you're mm-hmm. when you're within in a you're in a crowd you it, it's called de-individuation where you kind of lose your individuality um i mean this is a known phenomenon that people act um in extreme ways or ways that they wouldn't have behaved uh individually when they're in a group when they're in a crowd um this happens like mm-hmm. in sport sports events where like people get really shitty when they're in in a group but then like that person if you if you pull them aside they might actually be a decent person and so it's interesting i mean this is kind of like america to me like when people come to america like i sit next to a person from israel or whatever and you know no one is fighting it's amazing um whereas like Mm -hmm. if we were back home we, (laughs) we would be on each other's throat so um yeah i think that's cool yeah, I do want to say though the yep. the thing about um, who's the real enemy, it's kind of um, like not that strong of an argument for a Martian because was okay. So the idea is, look, Earth is not the enemy. Aaron Wright is, <laughs> and for a Martian, it would be like, who gives a fuck? It's all the same. It's Earth. It's still Earth, the enemy. Like, what are you talking about? I, I don't care if it's. Aaron Wright or Esteban is Earth, right? Uh-huh. So that's a little. Well, no, but it means like the, it's about how necessary the war is, right? No, I, I get because that. If yeah, it's just Aaron Wright. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's but it, it's more than just saying that it's Earth because it's like everyone's a victim in this little game that he's playing. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought like from like if you're a Martian, like those Martians looked really worked up and they were like, yeah, we're gonna go kill. You know, Earthers, um, uh-huh. at that moment, if you tell them, look, no, it's more complicated. There are factions within Earth that they're causing. They would be like, dude, I don't give a fuck. I, Not my problem. my friends. <laughs> yeah. Not but my yeah, no, I, I know. I, I get I get your point. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to see what else. What else do we have that we can that we can talk about with this? Um, so Holden um... agreed to let Christian send the the, the tight beam. Um, yeah, I was a little confused about that from a storytelling standpoint. So um, Holden was keep 
kept kept resisting this and said no you know whatever and then at some point he got mm. convinced and he was like okay let her let her send the signal um and then immediately afterwards like pretty shortly afterwards they uh got those martians and then they had the martian guy send the signal right mm-hmm. well he hasn't so, sent it yet they're sending it like he is supposed to personally deliver it right i thought they already anna got it right yeah, they sent it right. to yeah. her. So, but so I understand that like Holden preferred not to send a signal because they didn't want to be they didn't he want didn't their want location to be, to be known. Um, so even, it was that, but he also didn't want to be involved. Which, right. like, okay, sir, do you not know that you were one of the like top protagonists of this story? Like, come <laughs> on now. <laughs> so I understand that from like uh, internal, like inside the world of the story. I understand that even if he agreed to let him send the signal once they have this other option that doesn't involve them being discovered or um, him getting involved, then he would prefer that. But from a storytelling standpoint, why was that part of the story? Was that just to like exonerate Holden's character to say like, um, no, he actually did want to end the war or something? Why was that necessary that he he agreed to it and then it they ended up changing the plan? So I think the way that I read it was actually that it was sort of both because um, I think that they realized that there would be more of uh, it would be more effective if they actually got it in front of someone in person. Um, uh huh. But yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure. Like I would imagine that having more sources um, or at least more um, avenues of of letting people know about it. Um, would be better and to also like have sort of the fuck what's the word I'm looking for Um, trustworthiness and credibility of having a Martian ship hail a UNN ship and show them this footage to be like you know look we're willing to like have a ceasefire because this is some bullshit Um, but you know again I you know I could be totally off base on that yeah, and this is um, this is definitely not something. I don't think it's something that like was the result of it. Um, I don't think it was something that was just happened on the show. I think it must have been in the book because the writers are the same. The mm-hmm. writers of the book are heavily involved in the mm-hmm. show, so because um, sometimes you know it could just be like something they put in the show, but that wasn't in the story originally. But I don't. I don't know if there is. I feel like this. I haven't read the books, but I think it it's pretty. It follows the books pretty accurately. Maybe one day we'll read the books. Yeah. Not today. Um, I got the audio book. Oh, how um, oh, cool! <laughs> and I read the. I read. I listened to the first part of it, and it like starts with um, Julie Mao and locked in that um, that cell on that one ship on that uh-huh. asteroid. And it's it's like very graphic in the sense it's like then she peed her spacesuit <laughs> <laughs> and then she peed it again. <laughs> and you're like, um, but no, but it, it it is like very like it throws you in there right away. Interesting. Um, Did you see that in the in the show? I don't think we saw her pee her spacesuit. I think that we got the idea that things weren't terrible, but I don't think that we like got we got the after they like they went to her cell. And they saw, I think they like saw the urine <laughs> that was there. So if you pee your spacesuit, will pee just, just float inside the suit like 
I think it depends. I mean, it wouldn't pool anywhere. I think it depends on how tight the spacesuit is. Because, like, if you pee in your wetsuit, it doesn't really pool anywhere. It just kind of, like, gets squished all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hypothetically, not that I have ever peed in a wetsuit, because that would be weird. I have peed my wetsuit. I've totally peed my wetsuit. Are you fucking kidding me? It keeps you warmer. Oh, my God. For, like, a minute. And then you're like, well, I'm covered in piss and cold. (laughs) Um, Neat. Uh, Let's let's see here. Um, Just real quick, because we are crack shippers, uh, you you ship Bobby slash Gunny with everyone, Bubs? Yes, I do. (laughs) I do. I guess I was going to say that, like, I think initially I was shipping her with Amos. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Do you ship her with Amos? Well, at first I was like, because I think that they're both like rough and tumble, whatever. But then like she has this moment with Alex and I was like, well, (laughs) so I basically, I just want her to be happy and have all the cucumber sandwiches that she can eat. (laughs) I loved the moment. And I think this was in the previous episode when, um, when Christian is like still in the med bay and she's like in her little med bay seat or whatever and uh-huh. and Bobby is in there with her and Christian totally like does the old lady take my hand thing. She like <laughs> held out her hand and Bobby like grabbed her hand and they had like an like, you know how like old ladies will totally do that? Yeah. They'll like totally like <laughs> grab your hand and, you know, make make you hold their hand and you're holding you're holding yeah. grandma's hand now. Um, <laughs> I I appreciated that. She moms everybody. She totally does. And it's like she she has two speeds, momming oh. and like being sexy. And like she just like and she sassy. Just does both Don't of them. She just sassing. like Oh yes, yes. Yes. Um yeah, those are those are okay. those are Christians three modes. <laughs> three modes. Three yeah. modes. Um, She's great. I love her so much. Real quick, yeah. in that little flirty moment between Gunny and, uh, what's his name? Alex. Alex? What did Gunny mm-hmm. say? Um, I think she you told guys him remember? to like, get in shape or something. Like, oh, yeah. Something, something about, about like, his gut? Yeah, she she called him fat. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> you, you're chubby but for it, a, a Martian. But in a cute, flirty way. What exactly? You don't remember exactly. I don't remember the exact wording. Yeah. Okay, but it was cute and like yeah. it was it good. Was it was good natured. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, is that good flirting? Same. Calling someone fat? Well, That's like it, negging. She was negging him. <laughs> oh my god, she was totally negging. And like you she know was what? He was him. so into it. He was she was into. into it. Yeah, he was into. The he was negging. super into it. Um, <laughs> do you guys have anything I mean, else for? He had. For he woke up and his wife was like, "We don't need you." And then like some. Some hot young thing flirts with him. Like, he's having a good day. <laughs> Bob, like, you sound kind of far away. Oh, sorry. Bonsai is being such a dick. <laughs> he's making me, like, pet him nonstop or he, like, bites me. <laughs> so and you're bite me, reinforcing I mean like his behavior then. Yes, I am, obviously. Well, only I only do this during the podcast because I don't want him to be, like, loud and obnoxious. <laughs> he, know, he, like, he's taking advantage of it, obviously. Get your shit together, Poncho. Uh, Pacha. Uh, um, let's talk real quick a little bit more about um, science, science asteroid, I guess, science moon um, uh-huh. on Io, um, because uh, we we saw some crazy ass shit with Katoa. Um, oh my god! Oh my god! I <laughs> loved that. Um, just because you know it's a reminder of at the end of season one, season one, season two, when season mm-hmm. two, shit. I don't remember um, when the shit when the when the um, science probe was going into Venus and then the proto molecule split it all out into every single nut and bolt. Um, mm-hmm. 
which is then what Katoa slash, uh, you know, proto-molecule hybrid person, like, did to the lady doctor. Which at that point I was like, we knew that was going to happen. Like, not we, you and me, but, like, they <laughs> knew that that was probably going to happen. That nothing good, yeah. nothing good was going to happen if you hung out with a hybrid. Why would oh the proto-molecule do that? To kind it of just, understand. It to understand. Understand Like, when humans? it looks at the scientists and it was like, beautiful like and he's looking at just how it was all connected mm-hmm. um that so was such to a creepy awesome human, moment trying yeah. to understand like, not human necessarily... anatomy or something yeah like because, anatomy and being like because if you figure brain. if you figure that the protomolecule exists on a molecular level like that that is sort of its essence then like kind of breaking down a person into the smallest parts that it could physically do like obviously like a human hand cannot break down something to a molecular level but you could break it down to individual bones and you know basically Katoa was creating his own bodies exhibit um you know if anyone has ever gone to that traveling mm-hmm. bodies exhibit thing um that's kind of yes. the way that i sort of read it was him trying to understand things on a quote-unquote molecular level though obviously not in but like j- yes that but also i think he like he was appreciating the beauty of it the way that like someone would appreciate artwork yeah i think he was like mm-hmm. super into it Creepy. um and by he i mean the all of the because it's all connected yeah, right the hybrid it's all like one consciousness yeah um I thought it was super interesting in terms of, you know, now it got to be like, that was the moment that Mao was like, cool, I'm into it. Now that you've, you know, <laughs> murdered, murdered your nurse. He did not even blink at that. Like, no, he, he like, was creepy just grinned. all science. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he realized that the, the it's all connected. It, they were communicating they can, with yeah. it. Yeah. Crazy. Um, I guess, uh, real quick before we wrap it up, I guess this wasn't, we've, we've been making good time on this, on this one. Um, moved us along. I was just thinking, well, because we, we have trouble like remembering some of like the nittier grittier stuff, you know, who we should have on at some point, um, Alicia, Sarah station knows this. She's read the book. She knows. I think it'd be like, we can like quiz her on some of the stuff that we're like just because I think it helps it helps so much to have read the books and I want to I'm like trying to get through them now because I I want to like know this inside and out too. Oh, bonsai's humping now. Ooh, what's he humping? <laughs> a towel. Get it, bonsai. Um, huh? yeah, no, I'll I'll definitely invite uh, Alicia from Twitter over because she is very knowledgeable and very and she's also some sort of a math science person as well i believe um, yeah she's a she you guys you guys can smart together shaheen All right. yes All right. i would love for you guys to smart together very smart <laughs> um she's she's also just like a delightful person <laughs> yes um way too nice for, for this me. podcast we'll have to like bleep like force in some we'll swirl. dirty her up beforehand yeah exactly <laughs> um one last thing that i that i want to call attention to uh Bubs, you asked um, when when we get back to the Earth stuff uh, at the very end with Anna, and you know she mm-hmm. she was not pleased to sort of know her role and everything. But you asked, mm-hmm. does Anna cry because she is um, because she is by? Her- oh, I forgot a word. Oh, okay, she is moved by her own speech, or because she feels complicit. And I think it's it's obviously the second one, <laughs> but in that moment, because I just I don't have much compassion for her, and I'm not really? quite sure why. And and I just I don't know if I'm just being a dick. I feel um, the I, same I way. Like, I I don't. Yeah, she doesn't strike me as like a sympathetic character. There's something off about right. her. 
Like, what is... I don't know her motive either. What is she trying to do? <laughs> yes, I don't know her motive. That's true. That's that's I, one I definitely... I think that's part of it, or a big part of it. Yeah. And the deal that she made with Esteban was just a bad deal. Like, one year of fun... Like, ask for something more. Like, I don't know, 10 years at least? I don't know. Like Yeah, one year for her clinic, and then 2 million people died. <laughs> yeah. So not the best. She's not the best negotiator. Here's the thing. Aaron Wright, better at his job than she is. Um, yeah. yeah. More yeah. effective, if you will, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, not yep. great, Bob. Um, but I guess we'll get more of Anna because I, I never kind of got her, like even her interactions, like her video, her, her FaceTiming with wife and, and daughter. I kind of uh-huh. like didn't feel it. Like it almost seemed like, excuse me, she was like faking it with uh-huh. her wife like like that her heart like that she's alex she's alex yes, she's, she's alex totally 2.0. alex in that yeah. sense yeah um and so i appreciate that we're kind of going to get more of that uh in the season and that like she basically chooses to like possibly die but at you know with the with the chance that she might you know have this moment of like consciousness with the universe you know um, yeah. And so, you know, I, I like that she is Lady Alex, um, but things didn't work out for Alex. And I wonder how they're going to work out for Anna. She would rather mess with inertia than her wife. Right. <laughs> Which, I mean, her wife seems nice. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. Um, yeah, and her kid's cute. Her kid's cute. Um, her wife seems older, though. Mm-hmm. Doesn't she? The wife? Her wife looks older than her. I couldn't, I can't tell with people that age. Like, I'm like, you're vaguely 40s? I don't know. Yeah, mm. that's what that's what I get. I'm and then like, I realize how close I am to 40. I'm like, oh my God, people look at me and are like, oh, vaguely 40s. And I'm like, oh my God. Vaguely yeah. 30s. Vague, yeah, right? Vaguely low 30s. <laughs> I literally, I have no idea. I can't tell anyone's age. Um, yeah. Is there anything that you guys want to talk about more in episode four before we move on to our petty dickery, also known as uh, well actually? um i'm trying to think if i missed anything um i think that that's everything i wanted to talk about oh there's one little i did like when mao saw um may kicking the doctor and he smiles at it and i just thought like he must be thinking of his like shithead kids like kicking their like au pair right like (laughs) may is such a shithead like yes, in in that moment. But as someone who kicked their kindergarten teacher, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, You're like, boundaries. I kind of want the, I wanted the nurse to like kick her back, be like, "We don't do that." Yeah, what is the correct response to the kid being aggressive? Like that kid is too old to be kicking. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm of the mind like that a like slap in the face or something. You get kicked back. You kick me in the shin. I kick you in the shin. <laughs> Those are the rules, and if you didn't know that those were the rules, now you do because you just got. I mean, that's in the how puppies shin. learn, right? Exactly. <laughs> Honestly, um, kids are little animals. I just it's walk fine. away when Dio bites me. Exactly. Well, you know, I, you let her know bo- that, that I don't is bite her back. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's only because you don't want hair in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you guys ever see that Office episode where Angela licks her cats? No, no. I haven't. Seen <laughs> that sounds disgusting. It is hilarious because she has, like, a live camera on her living room so that she can, like, watch her cats while she's at work, which, like, totally makes sense as a pet owner. Um, But so she gets this new prized cat that, like, 
she talks about nonstop. And um, she sees while she's at work, she sees that one of her other cats is humping her. And she's like, no, no, Mr. Sausages. <laughs> and so she she leaves work and she goes home. And like all everyone's already like enthralled by the fact that she has like 30 cats in her house. And so they're all watching the live camera and she gets home and they see her get home. And she starts, she's like, no, no, you're so precious. You're, and she starts like cleaning the cat with her tongue (laughs) and then she gets back into work and everyone is just like they don't know how to react i don't know how to react and then she coughs up a hairball oh what no No, just like its head oh okay i mean it could have been worse (laughs) as someone who really dislikes hair that is unattached um Mm -hmm. granted cat fur is a little bit easier to deal with it's very fine i'm sure i've eaten a horrific amount of it in my life um the idea of like having a mouthful of cat hair is my fucking nightmare yeah (laughs) that's just gross it's also the cat's nightmare i know it's everyone's nightmare (laughs) nobody wants it um all right petty dickery i have a question about one of bub's notes okay yes um you said uh, you like the new crew to remind us why we're all here from a fresh oh, yeah, angle. Yeah. What, what I did. did I about? talked about that. Um, oh, okay. I just meant that um, this is kind of about how it's all about everyone working together, all of humanity working together, and that like that it was nice to have that new crew, those new guys, um, to kind of hammer that home because. We already love our um, our characters so much that we, like, forget that there are divisions between them. So to be reminded again that, like, everyone um, feels like they're fighting on a side, but they aren't really. And, like, that's what our crew knows. Am I saying this right? Um, so I thought that that was a good reason to bring them in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking yeah. of that, that moment between Holden and... Naomi, mm-hmm. like that, uh-huh. that little tender moment at the end. Oh, um, they so they they make up because they, they were make, fucking furious at each fought. other. <laughs> they thought a little bit. Oh, uh, and why? Because Holden saved her life. Is that why? He agreed with something she said for once because you know everything that she said. He's been like, no, me, yeah. and so he finally was like. Okay, and so that's just like she knows that that means he's ready to listen now. What did he agree to? Uh, getting involved, I think. Oh. Um, but at the same time, she, she still doesn't want to. She still doesn't want to go to Io. Um, yeah. But I think that yeah. he also, because this is all like right after Io is when she decides when she goes back to Fred Johnson, right, or drummer, really. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't leave there before that, right? Fuck, I don't know. I guess I we'll find don't. out next episode. Oh my god! Why? How do I not we remember shit? Television. We lit. Yeah, yeah, right. Way too much TV. Um, yeah, we watched too many shows. Way too many. Um, so, for, for last call. Dickery. Dickery. Petty Dickery, right. otherwise known as well, actually. <laughs> um, yeah. Shaheen, what what you got? Well, I already did one okay. <laughs> with the gravity, mm-hmm. but I have one from last episode mm-hmm. with the bridal oh. carry. <laughs> yes, we'll do that. And then I actually want to talk to you about 3D glasses after our well actuallys. Oh, okay. Okay. So bridal carry, uh, <laughs> I just noticed in the, when it's uh, the, um, what's it called? Previously on the Expanse, it, 
I uh, saw the scene again and I realized it's not bridal carry because <laughs> Gunny is holding on to Christian's knee because Christian's flowing, floating. No, but the bridal and... carry goes under the knee. <laughs> yeah, but she's holding it from above. Listen, okay? <laughs> I don't know anything about space weddings. Just like grabbing the knee. It's not like uh, it's not like underneath. Which makes sense if someone is floating, you, you don't put your hands underneath. Yeah, because you need to have an over-under to, yeah. to keep them to you. I mean, it was pretty... Okay, bridal carry with an asterisk because space. Yeah. Space bridal <laughs> carry. Space, space brides. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My my well actually is, and I realized this in in, in the episode uh, where Amos is ta- is taking out Prax's um, head staples um, before they're going to go to Io. Who is who is keeping Amos and Prax's fades, their haircuts, like so fucking fresh? Like they have like skin fades. Like that stuff is so close cut. It is a very like precise haircut to do to look really good. You would need to get that shit touched up like every couple of days, like maybe a week or two at the most. And like, who's doing that? Maybe they're doing it for each other. I mean, Maybe like that would actually be a really sweet scene. And like, how do you use clippers? Do you think you can't do that yourself? How? No, no. Like, how are you going to get the back so good? How? Like, and who is using clippers on a spaceship? Is it like a Floby where it has a vacuum cleaner hooked up to it at the same time? Because otherwise, you're going to have like little clippy yeah, bits like going everywhere. It's going to float all over the place. Yeah, nobody wants that. I have a lot of questions. So if someone yeah. from the Expanse um, team could get back to me just specifically on how they keep their their cuts so fresh. Um, I'd appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, and when you and I were talking, Shaheen, uh, when you were editing, thank you so much, our our previous podcast with uh, CC and Bubs, uh, you said you we should have had you on for our 3D glasses discussion. So please uh-huh. <laughs> educate us about how fucking wrong we were or possibly right. I don't know. Sorry. I forget what I forget what the discussion was. We're talking about something involving 3D glasses and like one eye is red and one eye is blue. Oh, the blue red. So apparently that like Uh. if you cover one eye, one eye sees more red and one eye sees more blue. And then I asked, is that how 3D glasses work? I see. Mm, No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) Well, wrap it up. It's a similar effect. But so if you ever, um, when you're watching a 3D movie, if you take Mm -hmm. off your 3D glasses... You notice it looks blurry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It looks it looks like two of them are superimposed. Are we talking about Just new 3D or the old school style like 3D magazines where it was like a blue outline and a red outline overlaid? Or are we talking about like new 3D movies like Avatar and shit? Uh, yeah, yeah. And the ones where you, you put on glasses. I mean, sometimes they call them 4, 4D. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like, yeah. You put on glasses and it looks like it's coming out of the screen. It's okay. coming at you. Um so the, it, it, if you take off your glasses, it looks blurry because it's two, the two, it's like duplicate, two of the movie superimposed because, uh, and so why does that look 3D? Because that's what your eyes do. If you close, if, if you close one of your eyes and look at the room and then close that one, open the other one, the room shifts a little bit. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. That what happens is your brain takes the signal from both of your eyes and uh, calculates based on that shift how far away 
the object is. Because the closer it is, the more it shifts. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, that's one way that your eyes determine distance or depth is through parallax. This is called parallax. So you look at it from different angles. You need at least two angles. And then based on that, you determine how far away it is. And so for 3D movies, they just put things um, like shift it a little bit and superimpose it. And what the 3D glasses do is uh, each glass filters one of them. So they're because it's polarized light, there there are different polarizations. And the 3D glasses are um, polarization filters. So each of them filters one of the images. And so it's exactly like one of your eyes is getting this image and the other is getting the one that's slightly shifted. And so your oh, brain, right, right, your brain right. thinks that it's it's a three D thing. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. No. Yes. No. That totally makes sense. The more you learn. <laughs> do do do. Thanks, Shaheen. Look, we're an educational podcast. You might learn something. We do physics. What beer ethics. to drink? What beer to not drink? Physics. Yeah. Eugenics. Alcohol. Um, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I'm on board. I immediately ask, like, well, what's the value of the people? Um, (laughs) Do we do we have any other thoughts before we wrap it up? You had one. Uh, Well, yeah, I'm I'm just excited because after the next two episodes uh, is when we'll get the the time jump uh, mid season um, to where you know after the ring appears. So that's, I'm excited for that. Cause I actually really like the stuff that happened when they all went into the ring. Um, I seem to recall that you said this is a problem with the season. Yeah, but I'm full of shit. So <laughs> <laughs> no, cause I agree with I you. I feel that I mean, way all I... the time where I feel like my opinion shifts like drastically and I don't know why. <laughs> well, I do feel like I would actually have been fine with the time jump happening between seasons. Cause that kind of makes right. more sense. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm also, we actually, girlfriend and I just started watching the third season of Colony. Um, and, and Colony actually this season, and I'm actually going to recommend that show, but this season actually has had several sort of large and small time, time jumps. Um, so some mm-hmm. of them have been like, you know, a couple of months and then a couple of weeks. And so I kind of, I guess maybe like made my peace with it. Um, mm. So bring on the time jumps. I guess. <laughs> yeah, because I felt the same way. Uh, I felt the same way about the time. I mean, the first time I watched, I was very confused. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, you're like, wait, what? Yeah, I didn't quite get what happened. Um, but, but yeah, it's kind of jarring in the middle of the season. But I guess they, I mean, it just didn't work out. Like, they couldn't make enough episodes for... A front and a back. For that point, yeah. So, mm. yeah. I guess but the stuff it. is the stuff about them going to the ring is cool. Yeah, so. I'm excited for that, especially because the ring is fucking massive. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. TV shows to recommend, Shaheen. So I started watching the show called Forever. It's oh, about. Yeah. Have you seen it? I saw a little bit of the beginning, but that show had like a very cult following. There are people who are like Gaga for it. What? what oh is yeah. It? <laughs> It's about this um, Sherlock Holmes type um, forensic expert, um, mm-hmm. medical examiner, whatever, who is immortal. Um, and I mean, in the sense that when he dies, he r- resurrects in in the river, 
um, and and he's naked every time. And so he comes out, comes Why out, and goes home dying? again. Well, he dies for a variety of reasons, um, and yeah, so he's been he's been alive for two hundred years, and um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's a little tropey um, sometimes, but it's cool. I mean, every every episode is. Um, a separate like murder mystery. Okay. But there's also this overall arc uh, running out throughout the show, which has to do with this guy being immortal, and and it's cool because you see flashbacks of him like having lived in the 18th century, 19th century, <laughs> early 20th century. Um, so it's and, interview with a vampire meets Sherlock Holmes. It pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like both of those things. Like that is not in any way a slight. It's also interesting to me because um, I've had this conversation with some people, several people who say that, um, I mean, some philosophers argue, Ayn Rand is one of them, but there are, I think, other, argue that if we were immortal, there would be no morality. That's something that they get into on um, on Altered Carbon. It was kind of this, this uh-huh. conclusion that they wrapped to because there were certain people who had achieved so much wealth that they could always regenerate their bodies. They didn't even live on Earth anymore. They actually lived like in these floating cities like above Earth. And so uh-huh. th- the idea of petty human morality of like, don't fucking kill people, like means nothing to them because they never yeah. had to fear death. Yeah, I, I don't understand this argument. Like, I, I feel like... So, like, right now, for all I know, you guys are immortal. <laughs> I don't have any evidence against it. <laughs> um, and so, what doesn't matter... Until you if, die, if I, you're going to think that... Until I die, like, you're going to believe that, that we are immortal? Like, you're immortal until yeah, you die? Yeah, I mean, no, I'm not going to believe it, but I it could be, but it's not going to change anything. I'm not going to treat you like shit if, because you might... If you're immortal, like, I'm still going to be nice to you. Like, I don't understand why... What, what is it more that, like, with... you're never going to go to hell because you're going to live forever? Because From a religious people... standpoint, maybe. Well, some people believe that without religion, there would be more morality. So I feel like it's almost an extension of that mm-hmm. argument, which obviously is untrue because a lot of people live without religion and are not immoral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's interesting on this show, too, because there's actually two of them. It's a little bit of a spoiler. There's mm-hmm. two immortal people <gasps> on the show, and um, one of them has lived for, yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. And one of them has actually lived a lot longer, and that guy is completely like he's jaded, and he doesn't care about anything anymore. Like he's seen too much, and it's just like he doesn't care about human life. He doesn't care about anything because it's just been too long, <laughs> and he doesn't care. He's like seen a lot of shit. Um, and so that makes sense to me. Like if you live a lot, a long time, um, your perspective starts to change because you see things that seem significant to us start to seem insignificant because like we care about things that happen in the next like 60 years of our lives. But for someone who lives like 10,000 years, that's nothing. So they don't care. Kind of like Cylons on Battlestar Galactica. They're like, they don't care about humans because they lived like tens of thousands of years and to them the universe is a lot bigger and time is a lot bigger than to to worry about these things so that i understand but i don't get the other the argument that like if you became immortal that suddenly there would be no morality but anyway it's a cool show (laughs) no that's a good point though i think that's interesting (laughs) okay 
Um, and now I want to watch forever. Yeah, now we'll add that to our list, our giant fucking backlog. Of TV shows. <laughs> um, I will recommend Colony to people. Um, don't be don't be dissuaded by the fact that it is on um, USA. Uh, it's and hmm. it's interesting. Uh, this season, they actually like end up living in like the the premise is basically our concurrent timeline. Um, and there's an alien invasion and they sort of set up these walls around cities and people disappear. And what are they using people for? And are the aliens like, they're clearly not cool with us, but like you find out that maybe there's a larger story surrounding it. Anyway, point is at one point I was this season, they were like living in the woods and whatever. And I was like, or are humans that were following us like, are they in fucking Vancouver? I swear to God, all of these scenes, like, I, I swear the scene where Bellamy and in the ravine with, with, uh, uh, Octavia and like the battle with, um, with, with the, McGraw. with the prisoners and all that, I swear to God, they filmed Colony in that same goddamn ravine. Um, and it turns out Colony did move their production this season to Vancouver. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go, Vancouver. Um, but it's 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 an interesting like it's not the best show, but it's actually kind of pretty solid in terms of sort of asking these questions of, well, what the fuck would you do? Like, would you rebel? Would you join? You know, the the underground resistance? Would you kind of go along with things and try to work from the inside? Um, yeah, it's 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 a solid sort of sci-fi. Um, semi-post-apocalyptic, but not really, because there is sort of still this existing modernity that we have, um, you know, right now, but also austerity, also people, like, living in the woods. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a solid show, and um, Sawyer from uh, Lost is in it, and Lori the mom from, fuck, what is that show? Uh, Walking Dead is in it. Oh, and The Sun is, is classic Bub's uh, catnip, Dumb Hot. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Like real yeah. dumb hot. Like dumb, sounds, yeah. like dumber like hot that. than what's his name on The Leftovers. Which is saying something. Um The Sun, the the Sun. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> yes. Cuz I just remember you saying that I you forgot loved, about him. <laughs> you loved yeah. Dumb hot. Yeah, I was into it. Yeah. Um what about you, Bubs? Any TV shows? Um so I have I have not watched any TV since I've been on this vacation, which has been torture. What the it's fuck? not like I what took you, a break. Are you having like family time? Yeah, basically. It's just, like, I'm so used to my, like, giant TV screen now that, like, I can't watch things on my laptop anymore. Um, (laughs) Humble brag, I guess. (laughs) Sorry. Um, But, like, so I – the only television here is in my parents' bedroom. And so, like, sometimes we'll watch something together and it's, like, cute. Like, we, I made them watch the first episode of Mrs. Fisher's Murder Mystery Did they like it? Yes, they loved it. Because it's amazing? Um, But I haven't – it's amazing. I haven't been able to convince them to watch more yet. So anyway, so I haven't watched anything. Uh, but I just went on my Netflix and I am totally going to watch The Princess Switch with Vanessa Hudgens. So I don't know if anyone else wants to join me out there, but it looks really good. It'll probably be disappointing it? like every other Lifetime movie. Yes, I'm going to. So <laughs> Maybe I'll do that tonight. Do you want to give people your Twitter handle in order to be able to follow it or... Uh, yeah. No, if you oh wait, see we're me. not going to post this podcast in time for people to live. Well, I guess. They uh, can... Right. I guess they can find my tweets. I guess. Well. Anyways, you know where I am. <laughs> At bubbles, the number zero L U V. On Twitter. Tweet at me. On Twitter.com. Um, all right. <laughs> HTTPS. Oh, for fuck's sake! W W W. 
<laughs> when I work with old people, like, I, they're trying to give me the URL. They're like, HTTPS, you got that? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, the old. So, yeah, that's my that's my recommendation. I'm excited. I'm going to look forward to this live tweet. Um, and for our listeners, whenever we put up this podcast, be sure to go back through Bubs's tweets because her live tweets, her drunk live tweets of things are just chef's kiss perfection. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you guys have anything else before we uh, outro ourselves the fuck out of here? No, I think that was good. That was Shaheen? Yep. No, nothing? All right. Um, we'll be back in another couple of weeks uh, with episodes five and six. Um, and we're going to continue barreling through um, The Expanse. And then after that, uh, I believe we're going to start Humans, uh, which Shaheen Yay. and I are both very excited about. That's gonna yes. be awesome! Yay! Can you be a little bit? I more still have to watch it. Shaheen? I have so much more to say about that. <laughs> oh, you want well, me to we'll be... save it for the podcast? <laughs> you want me to be more excited? Yeah, be more excited <laughs> about humans. Yay! <laughs> yes, that was good. That was great. That was good. That was great. Um, I could only—it was only slightly dripping with sarcasm. Um, all yeah. right. Well, thank you guys for listening to our. 3D glasses and philosophy train problem eugenics ramble. Um, <laughs> may we geek again. Take it easy, guys. Bye. Bye.